This is a production of Cornell University. For Cornell University's world-renowned turfgrass program, I'm Frank Rossi. And I'm Carl Scamenti, and this is episode 11 of Turf Talk, brought to you in partnership with our friends at Winfield United. Turf Talk provides just-in-time, science-based recommendations for professional turfgrass managers in the northeastern U.S. So, Frank, we took last week off, uh, and in the last week that we haven't been on the air, we've seen some real differences developing uh, in weather patterns within our region. Uh, what can you speak to about those differences and, and where they are? Hey, Carl. My week down from Turf Talk allowed summer to get underway, and I expect some warm, steamy nights this coming week. Interestingly, the U.S. Drought Monitor has now classified almost 30% of the Northeast as abnormally dry. Yet from central New Jersey and south of Long Island and coastal New England, it seems it has not stopped raining since April. As an example, Rochester, New York and Boston, Massachusetts have recorded about 8 inches total precipitation since March 15th. New Brunswick, New Jersey at almost double that at 15 inches. Baltimore, 17 inches. And Frostburg, Maryland, a whopping 23 inches, a full 12 inches above normal in the Maryland area. Last week brought only minor relief, and as a result, moisture-stressed turf dominates the discussion in places where that heavy rainfall hasn't fallen. The widespread rainfall last weekend provided some relief, but many received less than a quarter of an inch. And as I mentioned, Carl, we're expecting an uptick in heat, uptick in heat stress this week and then weekend, and you can add some abiotic stress to the biotic stress of weeds, disease, and insects already in the system. Right, so as we transition into this pest conversation, we have diseases and, and annual bluegrass we will talk about, but let's start with crabgrass emergence and where it is in its development. Well, the crabgrass populations in the area in areas with failed pre-emergence or none applied, responded as expected to warm and briefly moist conditions. Expect growth stage development to accelerate dramatically this week as plants will move into the period where quinclorac-based products will struggle for control. Acclaim Extra offers good control into the five-tiller stage, but will not perform well if crabgrass is under drought stress. And Tenacity will offer some control up to three-tillered plants and some additional pre-emergence benefit. Annual bluegrass weevil populations have finishing their first generation or moving into the second generation with callow adults visible when scouting. Expect intense damage development over the next few weeks if abiotic stress continues to build in the system. Adult control of second generation might be required moving forward, so keep scouting the course and check your resources for data, weevil track, etc., before considering follow-up treatments. Disease management issues, as we hear from Rich Buckley, the diagnostic director in Rutgers, are currently reflecting the moisture gradient. Some root pathogen issues are beginning to emerge in dry areas, and dollar spot conditions are persisting that require regular preventative maintenance, Carl. However, in areas with higher levels of moisture that we mentioned earlier in the Delmarva, Mid-Atlantic area, Pythium root rot is persisting, as is Brown Patch and Summer Patch, which is right on schedule for the typical July 4th outbreak. Hot and steamy weather is heading our way toward the end of this week and expect not only an uptick in the biotic issues from disease, insect, and weeds, I would anticipate a number of areas will begin to struggle with abiotic stress from expected heat stress. Remember, it's better to be dry and hot than wet and hot, so water management becomes even more critical. Expect nighttime temperatures to stay well into, well into the 70s or above, Opening the door for Pythium blight and brown pats. So be sure to have your foliar sprays in place if there's a history of these issues. Perfect. So with that hot, steamy weekend ahead, what is the key to success 
maybe for the homeowner uh, to get through this next week or two. And I'm going to say again, Carl, the key to success this week will be water management, but I want to take a different angle. The pursuit of the color green in a drought situation for many of us in drought, such as this, can lead to more problems than good. Persistent reliance on water for maintaining green color poses the same challenges that applying nitrogen just for green color. Attempting to water and then watering inefficiently, pulling a hose around every once in a while, doesn't allow the plant to go into dormancy efficiently and keeps it teetering back and forth in a weakened state, making it susceptible to disease, heat, and traffic stress. In addition, many home lawns water in the evening, which may be convenient but can spur more disease outbreaks such as brown patch and pythia. Some interesting research is underway at Kansas State University regarding in-ground home lawn irrigation systems. Surveys of irrigating behavior and lawn knowledge indicates that more than 85% of homeowners irrigate their lawns in excess of 100% of apotranspiration replacement, while those that irrigate will, with hoses, do so less 10% of the time less than 10% of the time. So in-ground systems means you water more. Dragging a hose, making it harder to water, means you water much less. This is important and translates as well to the many landscape professionals responsible for setting irrigation clocks. Use data. Don't just set it and forget it. For a long-term solution, consider changing grasses. Sandy or more well-drained soils are ideal ideal for growing drought-tolerant grasses in northern climates. The long concern over lack of winter hardiness among improved varieties of tall fescue is more than 20 years past. Tall fescue has excellent drought tolerance and, more importantly, is able to hold its green color longer than the traditional midnight-type Kentucky bluegrasses. This dormancy response in tall fescue is ideal in in tough-to-irrigate or non-irrigated areas. We're seeing more and more golf courses using tall fescue in surrounds and tough-to-water areas. So it's time to begin investigating and adopting these new grass technologies into the urban landscape. So again, Carl, water management with a little bit of twist that might lead to changing grasses. Perfect. So as we move into the sage advice for this week, Frank, it sounds like we're going to be doing a lot of what the players at the U.S. Open were doing, and that's going to be playing defense. Uh, Maybe you can explain that a little bit further. That's right. The sage advice for this week is to start playing some defense. Abiotic stress forces the plants into major acclimation and adaptation mode. If you've been using seaweed-based products on your bent grass... um, that contains cytokinin, you might be in slightly better stead. However, for most with annual bluegrass-dominated playing surfaces and lawns and sports fields with shallow roots, expects the plants begin to struggle. Again, pre-stress conditioning is the key here. Do you regularly stress your plants some so that when stress arrives, it might handle the stress better? Now, we had some high temperature stress a little bit earlier in the season, a couple of weeks ago, so you may have got an insight about this. Staying on your PGR program with growing degree days is critical. Having protection in place for foliar pathogens. Watching your mowing. Avoid significant drops in height of cut or increases in mowing frequency that forces more energy into growth. And finally, as mentioned earlier, water management during the heat is vital. Slightly underwater, better than overwater. If you have a history of anthracnose, be sure you have your chemical controls in place. It's defense time now, Carl. Not time to shoot at the pin. It's middle of the green time. As always, Frank, thanks for the sage advice for our turf grass management this week and maybe also for our golf game. And to all our listeners, thank you as well for listening to episode 11 of the 2018 Turf Talk podcast series, brought to you just in time by Cornell University in partnership with our friends at Winfield United. 
You can find us online at turf.cows.cornell.edu and on Twitter or Facebook at Cornell Turf. For Turf Talk, I'm Carl Scamenti. And I'm Frank Rossi. Have a great week. This has been a production of Cornell University. On the web at cornell.edu.